I tell the honest stories behind the facade of women's issues, alternative health, and life in general. As a retired midwife, I no longer have a horse in the race of health care. Covering birth, death, parenting, and the female experience, whatever that is and however that looks. If it happened to someone who identifies as female, it's fair game. Welcome to my show, Midwife Talks. I'm Lindy Casey, retired midwife. I discuss anything and everything, but mostly women's health, crunchy stuff, and birth stories. I wrote this episode while I was out on the road providing trail support to my son. He was walking the Appalachian Trail. It was day six for me when I wrote it, and I'd had one shower and two cooked meals. I'm home now. Um, I thought I was going to be able to use local libraries in tiny little towns, but that wasn't really an option to utilize for internet and electricity since most of them were closed, or they had extremely limited hours, or in a couple of cases, they seemed to be the community gathering place where people loudly greeted each other, or they told secrets to one another in hushed whispers on the next aisle over. Boy, I could write books about some of the secrets I overheard. I'm not really complaining because, see, my son Joe climbed freaking mountains and he walked through swamps and slept in mosquito-infested forests. Compared to that, sleeping in my car and getting a little funky and living off of peanut butter crackers, that wasn't so bad. But I missed recording my podcast, so in its place, I really sort of leaned into TikTok. When I joined it, I didn't intend to actually create content on that platform. I joined so I could see a video my granddaughter's friend had posted that went viral. But you know, I just had to try it out. And boy, what a response I've gotten. This episode is to respond to the hundreds of comments people have left on my TikTok videos and in private messages. Okay, I'm not actually going to respond to hundreds, but there are some that deserve an answer. There were lots of people who sent me their own personal stories and others who just don't believe that what I've said in my videos is true. Spoiler, it's all true. Still others just want to argue, and some have left comments that could be misconstrued, or I want to expand on their thoughts. If you want to follow me on TikTok, I'm on there as midwifery. It's misspelled, but that's the only one I could get, so this is how it's spelled. M-I-D-W-Y-F-E-R-Y. Okay, here we go. As always, I don't intend to find fault with any of these commenters, though I certainly disagreed with some. I don't want to argue either. These opinions are my own unless I cite a source like the CDC or JAMA. And I'm going to give their username if they wrote a public comment, and then what they said, and then I'll respond. At Jackie Dunn 3 said, My OB threatened me with a C-section, although neither my daughter nor I were in distress, but he was tired. I arrived at midnight, prepped me at 2 a.m. Okay, so doctors and midwives do get tired, but that's no excuse to induce someone, or worse, perform major surgery. Unfortunately, in my experience, if you're laboring into the night and it looks like the nurses might have to call your doctor in at 2 a.m., for them, it's easier to give you some Pitocin to speed things up or in this case, do a cesarean. It's fast and the doctor can go home to bed afterward. 
This is a good reason to stay home as long as you possibly can. I've also noticed that if a patient's due date is near a holiday like Christmas, Easter, or even Thanksgiving, they have a greater chance of being induced early. Although doctors often say that induction doesn't lead to surgery, I tend to be a skeptic. Anytime you mess around with how things are going, you run the risk of causing another problem. And a care provider who is tired is less likely to roll with it. Getting the baby out surgically is much faster for him. It's not faster for the lady, though. She's traded hours of labor for weeks or even months of post-operative recuperation. At Bear and Grinnet said, My doctor broke my water without warning me. I thought she was just checking things out. Well, one of the things I do is to ask for a complete history of a client's previous pregnancies and outcomes. If they gave birth, I want to hear the story. It's really common to hear how at a late pregnancy visit, her care provider, doctor or midwife, they both do this, though midwives not as often, will say they need to do an internal examination to see if she's progressing. We aren't even going to talk in this episode about how dilation checks in late pregnancy are almost completely without value. So the care provider does an internal and the lady tells me how much it hurt. An internal examination might be uncomfortable, but it shouldn't really hurt. And then the care provider pulls their fingers out and there's blood on them. They usually say some variation of, wow, you must be really ready, see? There's blood. Sometimes the lady's water even breaks. But if it didn't break, the lady goes home and feels a little crampy and she loses some mucus plug and a few hours later begins having contractions. If her water did break, the care provider tells her she needs to go to her planned place of birth and surprise, she's in labor and we didn't even know it. Here's what really happened, nine times out of 10. The care provider put their fingers through the cervix and separated the membranes from the uterine wall. This will stimulate contractions, though some researchers don't think it really works. But in my experience, it does work. Sometimes, for good measure, they will even stretch the cervix some, which also releases hormones and causes contractions. Both of those things are painful. They often don't deliberately rupture the membranes or break the water, though it does happen. Usually it's just an accident. I mean, you're digging around in there, which can stimulate a contraction. When the uterus contracts, it makes the bag of water get tight. What happens when you squeeze a tight water balloon? It breaks, right? Obviously, this isn't ethical to perform a membrane strip or cervical sweep without consent, but doctors do this all the time, and some midwives do it too. At JJFE23 said, Doc went to numb my perineum with a really long needle. He promptly broke it off in me and said, My bad, and pulled it out with pliers. Okay, so <laughs> accidents happen, but how horrific for this person. I would hate to be either of the people in this story. It sounds terrifying and painful for JJFE23 and frightening and worrisome for the doctor. At Mr. Oh, excuse me. At Mrs. Usher said, the nurse covering breaks told me I would have to hurry up or I was going to need a C-section. I was over 24 hours and progressing naturally. This is why having your doctor approve your birth plan is pointless. They have to work within the protocols of the hospital and that medical machine has strict rules. I know my doctor friends hated it when a patient came in with a birth plan. One reason is that the patient's expectations were almost always unrealistic. Unrealistic in the scope of what the hospital would allow. Another reason is that if the hospital protocols overruled the birth plan, it was still the doctor who got the bad reviews. 
generally, if your baby's heart rate is good and if you have no underlying medical issue like high blood pressure and if your membranes haven't ruptured, most doctors and hospitals don't really care how long you take, except when they need your room or if you're being a pain in the ass, demanding or noisy or whatever. Then they want you done and gone. One doctor friend of mine called it the three P's, poke them, pit them, and prep them, meaning poke to break the water, pit to give pitocin, and prep for a C-section. If your water is broken, some places will say you have to be in active labor within 12 hours and delivered within 24. In response to my video about having a doctor threaten to cut my client's cervix, I want to begin with saying it's not a normal procedure to cut a cervix. It wouldn't facilitate birth. It would be a catastrophe. The cervix would have to be surgically repaired. So I don't think the doctor really meant she was going to cut my client's cervix. I think she just wanted to play tough so that my client would consent to Pitocin and an epidural. To recap, my client had been in labor for a long time with no change and just wanted to be done. At Shelley Fuller 15 said, 12? No. How about 7 or 8? I think she's referring to hours of labor. I have always maintained that labor begins when the lady says it does. If she thinks she's in labor but she's only 1 or 2 centimeters, which is what happened here, then she's in labor. I think my client had done some herbal things to try and get labor started, which led to this irritable uterus scenario. She wasn't dilated and wasn't dilating, but she was sick of it and wanted it over. And that's why we went to the hospital. At Lily Valley 7 said, well, fuck that on-call person because I have in my birth plan, I will not be getting one or laying on my back. So good luck with that. It's funny how you can be manipulated while in labor. All hospital personnel seem to be very good at it, and if you aren't compliant, they have ways to deal with you. At Helen Wheels 74 said, Oof, I was a very slow laborer. Home birth. I had the Pitocin afterwards to stop the bleeding. Short cord. Thankfully, your midwife could carry Pitocin. In some places, midwives can't, or the regulations to be able to carry life-saving medications is so restrictive that it alters the way midwives do things. At Labayam, I think I'm saying that right, L-E-B-A-I-Y-M, said, I want a mean doula, a woman whose job it is to fight for mom. Okay, so a doula's job is to help you and your partner with some physical comfort measures and sometimes to be an interpreter between you and the hospital staff. If your doula is mean and fights, she will be kicked out at best, arrested at worst. You are better off finding a doula who knows the staff at the hospital you're going to, and you do your homework to make sure the hospital and OB staff will honor your wishes. These comments are from a story I told about how a doctor told a laboring woman who was cussing that she would get a fourth degree episiotomy as punishment. Let's do a little background. A fourth degree episiotomy means the doctor cuts from the vagina down into the anus, the butthole. Fourth degree episiotomies are the most severe. They extend through the anal sphincter and into the mucous membrane that lines the rectum. They usually require repair with anesthesia in an operating room rather than the delivery room where they ordinarily stitch you up if you just have a little tear. And they sometimes require more specialized repair. Because remember, this is busy, a busy place down there. Healing also might take longer than a few weeks. Complications such as fecal incontinence and painful intercourse are possible. And a lot of people have told me about this having happened to them, so I think maybe it's more common that you have those side effects and complications 
than than otherwise. So at Christine four one 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 said, that's when she needs to sue that doctor. Unfortunately, marginalized people don't really have the means to sue a doctor. They may have lifestyle issues they're ashamed of or don't want illuminated like abuse, drugs, homelessness. They might not know that they can sue. If they're abused, they might think being punished is normal. If they're a different race than the doctor, they might be intimidated or their experience might tell them that that's what they can expect. And finding a lawyer to help them might be difficult. Their appearance, demeanor, or lifestyle might make it hard to find an attorney willing to represent them. And even a jury might have bias against them. There are a lot of reasons. And the result is we just don't see marginalized people suing even when they have a case. After one person expressed disbelief that my story was true, there were several comments. At Susan S. Owens said, Oh my God, do docs really give care like this? At shortlover59x said, You would be surprised at some of the things doctors and nurses say about patients, and even to patients. At shh, I am not here, said, As a doctor who would never say that, I had attendings teaching me say that stuff. At Celeste Dreams said, That's torture. This is why some women are afraid to have babies in hospitals. At Kimberly Renee Chavez said, This is horrifying, but not surprised. Reason why women distrust the hospital. And at Free Spirit Mama 30 said, So glad I had my babies at home. There are reasons women have shared with me about why they chose to give birth at home or at my birth center. Although they hated to admit it, cost was almost always a big factor. Having a baby with a midwife is almost always less expensive. Even if you have to pay out of pocket, it's usually less than an insurance deductible. Fear of hospitals was another reason, and in the age of COVID, it became even more of a reason. Having control over the process of getting to do the things you want was always, if not the main reason, a secondary reason. Women want control over where and when and how. At Lively Lovely Mommy said, It's crazy what they get away with. An anesthesiologist told me that I needed to learn to control myself after my epidural failed. Yeah, they sure think a lot of themselves, don't they? I know a lot of my listeners are really into doing things the natural way and being self-sufficient. My daughter Christina is the same way and had a dream of owning a farm. While the acreage she pined for didn't pan out, she began to live her dream where she was on a city lot in the midst of a metro area. She raises chickens for eggs and manure, grows vegetables and fruits, and she preserves what she produces. You can watch what she's up to and learn some things about urban farming on her YouTube channel. Casey Urban Farm. Recently, she's covered dry canning, tomato growing, and different types of raised growing beds. I love that I can walk through her urban oasis every day and see fresh flowers, organic foods, all to the farmy sounds of a rooster crowing. Now you can too. Visit youtube.com slash Casey Urban Farm to see what's growing. That's youtube.com slash Casey Urban Farm C-A-S-E-Y-U-R-B-A-N-F-A-R-M
Well, it's a common reaction to say you wouldn't allow yourself to be abused by a doctor while you're in labor or birthing. It's not that easy to fight back. At his baby girl 2323 said, I would have been arrested for assault, no joke, because I would have decked the doctor in the face right then and there and been like, get the F out. I can assure you, if you hit the doctor in the face, you will be arrested. At that point, your choices might be to go to another hospital or to deliver in shackles. Don't hit the doctor. If you don't like your treatment, get up and walk out. Squat on the sidewalk if birth is imminent or go home and crawl into bed. If you go to another hospital, they have to take you. You can be honest and upfront and say what caused you to leave. They might be nicer. At Nola J Mom One said, that's horrifying. My daughter is due to have her baby any day now and if I heard a doctor tell her that, I'd go to jail. Yep, yeah, you would go to jail. At Karen Ann I. Cole Hilton, I guess, she said, if my husband heard that, the doctor would have earned a broken nose. At Ashton Huseman said, my husband would have knocked him the F out and said he just earned himself reconstructive surgery on his jaw. Okay, again, he would go to jail. At Vera Nika Han, these are really hard. I am so sorry. At Virana Kahan said, and this is why I don't trust doctors. That and the idiot taking care of me when my main OBGYN was out OD'd me on blood pressure meds. As of 2018, medical errors were the third leading cause of death in the U.S. Only heart disease and cancer are more common. According to a study by John Hopkins, more than 250,000 people in the United States die every year because of medical mistakes. Other studies report even higher figures, claiming the number of deaths from medical error could be as high as 440,000 people. The reason for the difference is that doctors, funeral directors, coroners, and medical examiners rarely note on death certificates that human errors and system failures were involved. This could be a death due to medical error like inadequately skilled staff, error in judgment or care, a system defect, or a preventable adverse effect. This includes computer breakdowns, mix-ups with doses or types of medications, and surgical complications that go undiagnosed. So you gotta stay on top of it if you're gonna be safe. At Chlorophyll Chaos said, and there's men out there who think women should be incubators for their desire to have children. Yeah, I suppose there are. Don't hook up with those men. At May Rocks 95 said, that doctor would have been punched and told to get the F out and told never to come back. I'd have delivered that baby myself. Well, don't punch the doctor, but what a great idea to deliver your baby yourself. At Sparkly Giraffe 94 said, uh, was he kidding though? The words that are said to a vulnerable patient take on a lot of meaning. Even though they're often garbled or misquoted, women will tell me what their doctor said decades after the fact. If that doctor was joking, he was not cut out to be a doctor. Let's imagine for a second, it was a male patient and a female doctor. The man has say something wrong with his penis, some sort of infection. He's writhing and cussing in pain. The female doctor leans over and says, you just earned yourself a high and tight circumcision. Would that be funny to anyone? A joke is supposed to be funny. So threatening to cut a woman from her vagina into her butt could not possibly be funny. So it can't possibly be a joke. 
He might not have intended to actually do it, in which case it's a threat with intent to intimidate. I hope I answered or clarified some of the issues raised, and thanks for watching my TikTok videos. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening. I appreciate every one of you. And remember, if you want to support what I do, then share, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you have anything you'd like to add to this subject, you can be part of the conversation. Go to anchor.fm slash midwife dash talks and click on the message button. That's anchor.fm slash midwife dash talks. I'll see you in the next episode of Midwife Talks. Links to more information about the topics covered in this show can be found under the podcast tab.